0: Hey, Susanna.
1: Hey, Dougie. How are you doing? Good, how are you? I'm pretty good, pretty good.
0: Um, I we, we just actually like got done with our very scaled down Thanksgiving nice. uh, with my family. How yeah. was it? It was pretty good. Um, you know, it was kind of like on the fly. And I'm gonna tell you one thing that I have learned mm-hmm. uh, coming off of that uh, very careful, very safe Thanksgiving is I cannot and will not ever use a plastic knife in any situation.
1: <laughs> why, why not? Sometimes you're kind of helpful. Well,
0: it never makes the cut.
1: Uh, I mean, that would be bad, except that it is true. Plastic knives are the worst. They really are. And extremely apropos, because this week we are, in fact, talking about plastic.
0: What? Did we? We didn't even plan that. That was just... That was magic. Bada bing! -bing,
1: Do you remember when we took part in Plastic Free July last year?
0: Yes, absolutely. We love that initiative. I mean, plastic yeah. is like a byproduct of the fossil fuel industry and plastics are made from fossil fuels. And in some cases, sure, they're very necessary. Like, they're really good at keeping things sealed and cleaned, great for medical purposes, uh, making things unbreakable for kids. And my kids are finding ways to break everything, you know, but they're absolutely everywhere. Like plastic stuff's absolutely everywhere now, simply because they're cheap and easy to make and have convenient properties.
1: Yeah, and I mean, everybody likes to take shots at plastic bags, like, just get a damn canvas bag, right? <laughs> like, how many canvas bags do you have? Oh my god, a million and a half. I know, same. So <laughs> I'm constantly finding them everywhere. It's like, I open one canvas bag, and there's another canvas bag inside of it. I'm like, whoa, they multiplied.
0: Yeah, but, but like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, plastic bags end up in the ocean, microplastics end up in fish, and what's complicated about that, right?
1: Well, plastic bags actually have a smaller carbon footprint than a conventional cotton tote bag. And for for organic cotton, it's even worse. Yeah, and the Quartz, which is that really cool online publication, they have this really cool article they did called, your cotton tote is pretty much the worst replacement for a plastic bag. And they pull out all these stats from a study that was done in Denmark, and they compare lots of different kinds of bags and what they are looking at the reuses necessary to have the same climate change impact as a plastic bag so if you take one plastic bag and measure its climate change impact how many times would you have to reuse a different kind of bag in order for the climate change impact to be the same and it's not good a conventional cotton bag you would have to use it 52 times
0: okay for it to like net out to be better than a plastic bag?
1: Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. And that's just if you look at climate change. If you look at the cumulative environmental impacts, or if you're looking at things like water use, as well as energy use, and uh, you know other environmental factors, it gets even worse uh, because cotton takes so much water to grow. That number goes from 52 uses to 7,100 uses. Whoa. Yeah, and that's just conventional cotton. Organic cotton, which you assume, like, oh, organic, that's so much better for the planet. It's better farming practices. It's fewer pesticides, fewer chemicals. Organic cotton actually has a much bigger carbon footprint because it takes more energy and more water to create. And it's way bigger on the water use. So organic cotton, the when you look at the cumulative environmental impact, you have to use it 20,000 times. What? for it to have the same cumulative impact as one plastic bag.
0: You're killing me, Smalls. Here I am like collecting these cotton totes like, you know, I'm saving the world. I know. No, I'm, this is horrible. I know,
1: I'm the same way.
0: Oh, so this is like crazy. So wait, is there like a winner here like between plastics and cotton bags? No?
1: Well, I mean, look, it's it's very confusing. Okay? Yeah, super so,
0: confusing stuff.
1: Yeah, we've been led to believe that recycling plastic solves the plastic problem but it doesn't. Wait, why not? Recycling is easy. Yes, recycling paper is easy, aluminum cans, glass, those are all easy. Yeah, but what about plastic? But how many types of plastic are there? When Uh, you say plastic, what do you mean? Like
0: smooth or bumpy? Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah, and how broadly recyclable? Are those, like how many of smooth and bumpy's are recyclable?
0: I'm gonna not make up an answer that I don't know.
1: (laughs) Okay, let me tell you. There are seven types of plastic. Okay. Right, if you you turn over the container that the salad came in, you're gonna see the little triangle recycle symbol, there'll be a number in there, one to seven. Dude,
0: there's a purpose for those numbers? I know. What? I know.
1: (laughs) But here's the thing, only two of those are really broadly recyclable. So only two of them can really be recycled pretty much any recycling center you take them to. The other five, sure you can recycle them, but they're often too difficult or too expensive to recycle or contain toxic substances that are just too difficult for most recyclers to handle. Oh my gosh. But the plastics industry has spent millions of dollars making sure that you think all plastic is recyclable. And they put the numbers on those other plastics so that you think, oh, I can put them in the bin. I can recycle them. This isn't a big deal. I don't need to worry about this consumption. It makes you, the consumer, feel just fine about using single-use plastic and chucking it, when really you shouldn't. Those Mm -hmm. other kinds of plastic aren't really recyclable. And like littering campaigns, this kind of system puts the onus of dealing with that plastic on you, the consumer, instead of putting the responsibility where it should lie, on the producer. should be making a better product that's easier to recycle
0: yeah i was going to say like i think i know the answer to this question but like who should be responsible for this right
1: what if the producer of that plastic thought about its full life including its disposal as they were designing and making it.
0: You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of trying to teach my kids to pick up the blocks that they play with. I'm sure you're going to hear in this episode lots of things clacking and clanging around above me. But yeah, our kids can't figure this out, but we educate them eventually, right? Like, the responsibility of like, if you're going to do something, use something, it go. you know, figure out what happens at the end of that transaction.
1: Totally. Yeah, man. What's up? Yeah. I mean, there's this whole philosophy called Cradle to Cradle, which is also a really great book if you're Mm -hmm. interested in some fun beach reads. Cradle to Cradle. Next summer. (laughs) But it's about this idea that, hey, when we are manufacturing something, we should think about its entire lifetime, which includes, of course, its first cradle when it's born, but then its second cradle, right, as it's reborn. So when the first life of that product is over, then what happens to it? Is it recycled, melted down? made into a new product? Is it just thrown away? How can we create materials and products out of materials that are actually recyclable and don't degrade over time, aren't impossible or toxic to recycle? Yeah. It's such a better system.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah. And if only, you know, the sort of captains of industry were this sustainability minded. Right. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, like so many environmental problems We can attack plastics in small ways with individual actions, but real change needs to come from the systems that create the problems in the first place. And for plastics, we need producers to think about the full lifetime of their products and take responsibility for their disposal instead of shifting it to consumers and governments.
0: Yeah, I mean that's where we are now. I I feel you, but like plastics are all around us. I mean I'm I'm just looking around the room I'm in, like, oh I'm speaking into a plastic microphone. Like it's just like everywhere, right? Like I've got a recycling bin a recycling bin upstairs full of plastic and glass and everything that I need to take to the bin. So like, you know, it's it's just everywhere, right? I see like cereal bags, caps on liquid cartons, mascara, like all sorts of packaging, Oreos, right? Like toothpaste tubes, popsicle wrapper. I mean, there's just so much stuff, right?
1: Yeah. There's there's more, right? Like yeah, I mean that's just kind of you know single use throwaway stuff. But long term plastics are also everywhere.
0: Long term plastics, like um, oh, probably like a, like a cell phone charger, right? Yep. My weird computer dongle, which is the funniest <laughs> word of all time. Yep. Kitchen appliances. Yep. I can. There's plastic in the kitchen. There's a lot of handles on pots and pans, like the cheapo stuff. Actually, some of the expensive stuffs using them. My TV. Oh man. Oh no, light switches. There's my sunglasses. Suzanne, there's plastic everywhere!
1: I feel mean, like it's like a setup for a horror movie. I know, I know. It's so difficult to stop using plastic, even if you're you know, resigned to using long-term use plastic, using single-use plastic, it's really hard to even stop just that. And by reducing your use of plastic or opting to reuse things, you are sending a signal to producers that you won't buy their products until they're changed, but it's really hard to do that. Hmm. If enough people move in this direction, then capitalist forces take over and product makers must change. But of course, the other direction to go is really trying your best not to buy new things at all. So plastic, yes, but really everything takes a huge environmental toll to create. We need to be using it as long as we possibly can instead of the way we do now. So quickly changing trends, fast consumption, throwaway culture, all that means we keep using the Earth's resources to make all these products use them for just a little while and then throw them away huh okay so if
0: indeed this was a horror film we've we've sort of named the beast uh we see its size and shape and i want to make some changes i want to fight this thing right so like what are what are some ways that we can we can get involved and sort of fight this this ever-growing beast
1: so there are some products you are going to keep buying because you use them up sure and those are great to switch over to plastic free alternatives oh yeah
0: it's like a predictable thing like i know i'm going to go buy like this thing so I can start to plan ahead, right? Right,
1: and it means you're probably planning on buying a single-use plastic sometime, you know, in the next week or month. You can just change that to something that's not a single-use plastic. That's a great thing to switch. Cool, okay. So for example, um, you can go plastic-free on your laundry day. So a lot of people buy their laundry detergent in the big plastic jug from supermarket. You actually don't have to buy that plastic jug. There's lots of plastic-free alternatives. There are uh, places that you can order online. I do one where they send you little pods of detergent in a um, water-soluble packet. You just chuck the whole thing in the um, machine, Mm -hmm. and it comes in a cardboard box. So all the packaging to you is recyclable. There's no plastic involved at all. That's great. That's great. I've also heard there's strips where they like... Will mail you detergent strips on paper, same kind of thing. Where like they mail you in cardboard, and then you put it directly in the machine. There's no plastic. That's nice. Great. That sounds great. Um, I've heard of people trying out these toothpaste bites. So your toothpaste tube—that's another, you know, common uh, plastic criminal but you can get rid of those tubes forever if you go with the little tiny, uh, they have these like little bites in a glass jar. Oh,
0: confession time. Yeah. Oh, uh, you've conf- tried it? Uh, on accident, uh, my my partner, Jess, uh, brought some, bought some for herself to try because she'd never tried them before. And you know, like late one night, I'm like rummaging through a bathroom and not even realizing and I'm like, oh yeah, like an Advil or like a Tylenol. <laughs> so I put this thing in my mouth and I'm immediately like,
1: Oh, yeah. Like, foams up. Yeah,
0: ibuprofen's never been so minty fresh, and then, like, immediately foams up, and I'm like, this is wrong. This is wrong. Something <laughs> is wrong. I don't know, but I feel clean, and my breath is so fresh. So, my panic gives away to just a really solid toothbrushing session. It that's was amazing. hilarious.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. Hopefully, you found the ibuprofen I did, in the end. I did. I was fine. It was all good. Yeah, that's okay, that's a good thing nice. to know about those. Yeah, I was, it was really it mistaken. It was actually fresh. It was great. For medicine. Yeah. Okay. Um, Another place that you can easily swap is your shampoo bottle. How many Mm -hmm. of us buy shampoo just in a plastic bottle? Which, what do you do? You just throw it away, you recycle it. Um, You can make your own shampoo, you can make your own soap, or you can also try shampoo bars. Those often come wrapped in paper and there's no plastic packaging in those.
0: Nice, it's just the the habit change of rubbing a bar on my head. That's right. (laughs) Cool, I can do that. You'll get used to it. Oh, for sure, for sure.
1: Um, plastic wrap, so cling film, saran wrap, that kind of thing. If you're storing your leftovers, they have a really cool reusable alternative called bees wrap, which Ooh. is essentially cotton fabric covered in beeswax. I
0: love that stuff. It's really, really cool. We're we have those too. That. I yeah. love them. Yeah.
1: Those yeah. And they always smell like beeswax. I know, which it's is really great. nice. But don't put them in the dishwasher. I learned that the hard way. Oh, sorry. You lost a sheet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we hand wash those. I actually missed <laughs> something. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Um, Something else you could do is store leftovers in 100% stainless steel containers. Oh, nice. Yeah. There's lots of cool ones of those coming out as well. So those are just some small, simple things. You know, you're going to be buying that plastic anyway. So those are great things that you can switch over to a non-plastic alternative. Great. So for things that are still working, use them until you can't anymore, of course. Or resell, donate them to someone who can use them. For longer like if you already have a set of picnic dishes that are plastic don't throw those away and go buy bamboo ones that's right just exactly the same problem right so love the one you're
0: with exactly exactly (laughs) yeah totally i mean and just to circle back to the sort of initial elephant in the room that kind of kicked this conversation off what about the plastic bags
1: well if you've already got a ton of canvas bags like you and me use them right for sure Yeah. the worst thing you could do is you know, use all the Earth's resources to make something like a canvas bag and then just leave it at home. Yeah. So if you have a canvas bag, use it. If you don't, think about taking out uh, your worn blankets, your worn clothing, your worn sheets, and sewing your own into a bag or upcycle something that you are going to throw away into a bag. So if you can, That's a great way to take something that might have ended up in the trash and make it into something you're going to use and then keep yourself from using either a brand new cotton bag or the plastic bag
0: and actually that's that's really great because at time of recording we're about to sort of go into winter so it, like it feels like a really fun like indoor craft or activity to do is like upcycling like old sheets and you know garments and stuff like that like especially around like the season change when you were like looking at your old wardrobe and like deciding what you want to keep and what you want to like give away like it could be a fun like a lot of our family's activities are like moving indoors now anyway just because the yep. cold so that could be some fun like winter time activities Ooh, might even make some nice kits
1: yeah, that's a great. Yeah, yeah holidays, I love you know. that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I I so often struggle with my clothes because I try to just really wear them until you can't wear them. Yeah. So often my jeans have holes in them and I know, you know, if I give this to the thrift store, if I donate it, they're not going to want this because they're really used up. That's the perfect kind of clothing that you want to turn into something else because really no one can use that as clothing. Right. It would just be thrown away if you can't repurpose it that's perfect for a bag. That's awesome, that's super cool. Well,
0: that's, that's really informative. So I, I guess like my big takeaway is like, yeah, <laughs> love the one I'm with, right? Like if I've got this stuff already and I've already invested in like the canvas bags and stuff, use it, use it, use it, use it 51 times, 52 right. times per bag. And that gives me, like it like takes a little bit of my guilt away because I know I definitely use the crap out of my my canvas totes, but I love this. I love this idea of like, you know, getting rid of single use plastics. Um, I think actually right near us, there's like, um. A couple of specialty like zero waste stores so it might be worth people like looking up if there's like zero waste stores in their neighborhoods uh, wherever you happen to be dear listener all seven of you maybe (laughs) our listenership has grown um uh but yeah like those stores and i think um you know my partner has been talking a lot to the owner of this local uh zero waste store and she's got like really great resources so she's like whatever she's not able to do she can like connect us with like. It's so um, true.
1: Amelia over at the Ozone and Red Hook is amazing.
0: Big ups, Red Hook.
1: Get yeah. her up if yep. you are in the Dutchess County area. Yep,
0: for sure. Northern Dutchess. She is an awesome resource. Ozone is great. Shout out. Actually, uh, I ran into her when I was going to pick up one of our orders there. And like she might be an interesting guest to have on a future episode as well. Totally.
1: Yeah,
0: Love it. So I guess we're opening up the aperture of this crazy mm, little podcast. potentially.
1: interesting. Sweet. Well, uh, any parting shots from your end? Well, I guess it's just, it's always good to remember, you know, if you're looking to make the biggest impact possible for the climate, going solar, it's a great way to reduce, you know, up to, what is it, 15, 17% of your carbon footprint, which is one action. So of course, it's it's great to think about everything you're buying and it all having the least impact possible on the planet. If you want to do something really huge, call us, go solar. solar.
0: Yeah. And hey, if you like this podcast, please just share it with your friends, your fam, anyone who needs a a dose of this dope getting educated by a really smart person (laughs) uh thank you so much for listening y'all um and until next time solar spill out